And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed, brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just Something I've Noticed. There's a lot more yawning these days. Have you noticed that? Yeah. And the bad thing about yawning, it's contagious. Now, I'm not a scientist, but I do know that's true. You see somebody else yawn, all of a sudden, you got to yawn. Do you know what helps to curtail the yawning? How about a great night's rest at Motel 6? Book online at motel6.com. Use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. And truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a price you will love when you use the code CP Red Eye. That's the letters CP Red Eye, all one word, for 15% off your stay at Motel 6 and help curtail the yawning. That's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show. From the Uniden America Studios, this is Red Eye Radio. All across the USA and around the world, we are Red Eye Radio. We are not artificial intelligence. Uh, I don't know. We're artificial and not that intelligent. I, I, uh, I'm kind of like uh, Donald Rumsfeld in that effect. I really don't know what I don't know. Oh, I don't wow. know what I do know. Oh, I remember that. Remember that. Oh, we wow. don't know what we don't know. We only know, oh, what, we know. what we what, what we, we know. know. <laughs> there are known knowns and there are unknown knowns. And there are also known unknowns. Like, dude, one day you're going to be vice president. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> I sounded like Kamala Harris years before Kamala ah, Harris sounded like Kamala now Harris. Now I get it. Now I get it. Well, All right. Now I understand. Here's the thing. If you were following along with him, you kind of knew what he meant. Oh yeah, I know what he meant. There was yeah. intel that we don't know and we we have a lot of questions. Those are the unknowns. And we know what we have questions about. That was the known unknowns. Right. It actually made sense. Yeah, it made but it sounded very funny. <laughs> it was hilarious. Kamala Harris is probably watching old Donald Rumsfeld video, and well, I can do that, except he actually, if you broke it down, well, made sense. Here's she the Kamala, doesn't make any sense. Here's the Kamala Harris version. I know I know, and I, and I know you know I know. <laughs> we all know what we know, and we know it. When we know it. <laughs> You know? <laughs> All I can think is clap your hands. Yeah. And, and you know it, clap your hands. Maybe if, she'll do that one time. So just like, yeah, if you're doomed and you know it, clap your hands. You know, everyone in America. That, that woman on Twitter needs to have more impersonations of her. She did it a little bit, then she sort yeah, of disappeared. She, she was on Fox. They yeah. actually had her on Fox a she's, couple of times. She's probably doing a ton of, oh. uh, of gigs. Wow. You know? When I when I saw that, I went, she will be a millionaire. Well, the thing is, she, with, but, but you got to do it now. You got to yeah make it pay off. Now. Uh, the thing is, uh, like Steve Bridges, the late Steve Bridges. Oh, he was just 
He did George W. Bush better than anyone. And and he had a makeup artist that, that was perfect. Uh, and, you know, he did the correspondence dinner side by side with Bush. <laughs> and then he did... In, char- uh, in character. In character, yeah. yeah. And then he did the uh, Comedy Central roast of, I think it was Jeff Foxworthy. So nobody in that audience, including the comedians on the stage, had seen him before. And when he walked out, the audience and all of those comedians freaked out. Uh, Go to YouTube and watch Steve Bridges' uh, Comedy Central roast. She probably is getting, I'm guessing, the corporate gigs come in and they're like, all you have to do, you now it's not like it's easy, but you're not doing an hour of material. You're probably doing 20, 30 minutes and you would get paid a lot of money for doing mm-hmm. that. She's really good in her, her impression of Kamala Harris. And I'm, I'm guessing she's getting a lot of work out of it. And her laugh. Hopefully she is. Oh, my God. And the funny yeah. thing is she starts talking, you start laughing, and then you're... Then yeah. for me, it's like, all right, you've talked enough. Get to a laugh. Yeah. I want the laugh like every five or six seconds. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And sometimes she'll continue talking. I'm like, no, give me the laugh. Give yeah. me the laugh. I want the yeah. laugh. Yeah. All right. But uh, here we go. Uh, the, uh, the, the debt ceiling. Are we getting serious here? And what does the American public think about it? Uh, here is the latest. Here is a description of the latest CNN poll. Our brand new poll conducted by SSRS shows that a majority of Americans, six in 10 Americans, want to raise the debt ceiling only if spending cuts are included as well. So this is the McCarthy point that he's been making all along. Remember, months ago, the White House was in this position of no negotiations. A majority of Americans say, no, you should reduce spending as well as raise the debt ceiling. 24% say raise the debt ceiling no matter what. Only 15% say do not raise it. Let the U.S. go into default. All right. Now, Hmm. that's very important because you take the 60% that say raise only if there's spending cuts. And then you take the 15% that say don't raise it at all yeah let the u.s default well (laughs) those people believe we've spent too much yeah right so you actually have 75 percent that disagree with the president and only 24 percent say raise it no matter what the only reason those numbers are like that and it may make some republicans angry but the only reason that i can see is because Kevin McCarthy is actually doing his job and communicating it effectively, not exactly like I would do it, but close enough. He's talking about how immoral it is mm-hmm. to be putting the debt on our children and grandchildren, which is good, but I think he should be pounding that even more and more and uh, and more. Talking about the fact that every child born, 94000 in debt immediately. Child's born today, yeah. they got 94000 in debt, and how immoral it is. And then he's explaining it, saying, if your child had a credit card and they kept hitting the credit card limit and and they couldn't make the minimum payments or only paying interest, would you keep raising it without saying, look, you need to start cutting back? No. You can't argue with the point. No, you can't. And this is what we've said. If the Republicans effectively communicate, and by the way, the way he says it, too, because at times I wondered whether his 
his softer style could do it. And it and it actually does. I it think ac- it, works. It, ac- it actually works for him as as speaker, and it shows by the and by the way the polling across the board, not just the CNN poll, but every poll we have done over the last couple of weeks show the majority of Americans say no, we got to have some spending cuts. Now, the difference may be that nobody has had anything that they like cut yet. Republicans have been blamed in the past, but the fact is McCarthy is early on. They passed this bill. Early on, and as he said, for 97 days, we've been trying to talk with the president. We would have had a deal done by now. We have a deal done. The Republicans in the Senate have a deal that's done. We're all ready to go with it. They have no plan. There's nothing that we can negotiate, right. you know, with the Democrats in Congress on. And they and most people, well, that's a that's that's a great point. Mm-hmm. And the other point he should be talking about, which I think he should be talking about a lot more is, look, all this spending that we see and all the debt that we're racking up, you, you've all felt the inflation. This yeah. is why. Yeah. And don't believe me. Believe the If you don't believe me and you think I'm throwing propaganda at you, well, then go and talk to Lauren Summers. Go and talk to the Obama economist mm-hmm. that said Biden can't do this. So Biden's own boss, his economist, said the same thing. Yeah. Don't do this. The debt is causing will cause this massive inflation. There are consequences to irresponsible fiscal actions, and the American public know it. Yeah. And we've seen it. And if I was him, I'd be talking about the polls. And they see it in the polls. So the White House should do something. You have a, as we have stated many times before, you can win this argument, and they are winning the argument. Now, will they be winning the argument if pe- people's programs are cut temporarily? We will see. But as of right now, by landslide numbers, people agree with the position of the Republicans. Yep. And yeah. Look, uh, and and I think they do understand. Look, if the GOP was trying to go for really significant cuts, the sentiment might be different because people would consider that, well, wait a minute, hold on a second. What does that mean? But. I think they look at it and say, all right, on the surface, we all know we need to stop this. So the GOP is not talking about, you know, taking uh, this program out of my neighborhood. So I'm okay with still saying, yeah, we need to be fiscally responsible. You know, there is that threshold. We've talked about it before. Um, And I think that's where they are. And so for us conservatives, there's still that frustration knowing exactly what's coming, except now we're having a conversation, a fairly lengthy conversation, maybe the longest conversation on the national debt that's happened in years. You have to go back several years, at least, to find a back and forth on the national debt like this. I don't like Messi. Yeah, exactly. I don't, like I don't like messy. Remember, so I, I'm going to work for a tobacco company. It's <laughs> exactly what happened. Remember, you and I. I think when he said that, we were in the other the studios before this, <laughs> yeah. and and there was a TV right in the studio. And you and I were turned around, and it was during a break. And he came out. I don't like messy. And then he then Boehner turned around and walked away, and we're like, what? Happened? What? 
That happened. You, we, were, we were on the air during a commercial break. You had break the upper happened. hand, and you just hey. walked away. I don't like messy. Well, I don't like messy. Like and I, uh, I go to work for a tobacco company. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> it's <laughs> and it's insane. Now, I, I I can't tell you with McCarthy, uh, you know where it goes from here, but but. In this moment, we can look back and say, all right, um, it's been a number of weeks now. We've been talking about the national debt. It's made the news, and the media is talking about the national debt. This is a good thing. And are we going to be serious about it? Well, the answer is, uh, unfortunately, no. But having the conversation, being aware of, of it, I think is a small victory. You know, the, the, the problem is with the 60% is uh, raised only if, uh, if spending is cut, that the majority of both Democrats and Republicans believe yeah. we, can, we can get rid of the deficit by simply getting rid of foreign aid yeah. and yeah. wasteful spending. Right. Well, and, and, and that's not true. No, I mean, it isn't. That, it, both, both parties, the majorities of both parties believe i won't say it's a lie because i don't know any politicians saying that that just seems to be organically what people believe it's a great inaccuracy it's a great inaccuracy that both republicans and democrats believe well and here's the other problem with this poll too is that seven out of every three americans can't do math 866 red eye Precipitation this week is expected through the high plains and parts of the Pacific Northwest. The forecast from USDA meteorologist Brad Rippey. Over the next five days, we do expect fairly significant, I'll even go as far as to say pesky showers stretching across the high plains and into parts of the Northwest. And you add up those totals over a five-day period with these scattered showers, we could see some one to two or perhaps one to three-inch totals. Good news from a soil moisture replenishment perspective, according to Rippy. Before producers tried to get planting and field work done. This could get a little bit annoying after four or five days of this and just with the frequent showers every day. Some of the heaviest rain likely to fall in Montana. And also we could see some fairly heavy showers across the southern part of the Great Plains, including West Texas. I'm Rod Bain reporting for the U.S. Department of Agriculture in Washington, D.C. This report is made possible by Cenex Roadmaster XL Premium Diesel and Sitco Lubricants. Lines open for your calls. 866-90-RED-EYE on Red Eye Radio. And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed. Brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just something I've noticed. Bargain hunting is back. I mean, bargain hunting's always been around. We always love a great deal. But man, everywhere you look, people are bargain hunting. You know, there's so many great ways to find great deals. Hey, I have a great find in your bargain hunting journey. Book online at motel6.com. Use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. And truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a price that's a real bargain when you use the code CPREDEYE. 
That's the letters CP Red Eye, all one word, for 15% off your stay at motel6.com. That is a bargain. That's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. It's Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara. We do have good news out there. Uh, Black Lives Matter bled cash and suffered blistering investment losses in 2022, according to a copy of the tax return obtained by the Washington Free Beacon. Black Lives Matter Global Network Foundation ran uh, an $8.5 million deficit and saw the value of its investment accounts plummet by nearly $10 million in the most recent tax year, financial disclosures uh, uh, showed. Uh, the uh, group logged a $961,000 loss on a security sale of $172,000, suggesting the charity weathered a staggering 85% loss on the transaction. These troubles did not stop BLM from doling out seven-figure contracts to friends and family of its former executive director, Patrice Cullors, who once said charity financial disclosures were triggering and deeply unsafe. It's no surprise that Cullors was so fearful of disclosing Black Lives Matter's finances to the public. The revelations in Black Lives Matter's latest Form 990 show that the group is on the fast track to financial insolvency and the excesses of Cullors' tenure have not abated under her chosen successor. The financial losses after a year of missteps and setbacks for the embattled charity, mm. BLM raised just $9.3 million in its 2022 fiscal year, down 88% from the year prior. Black Lives Matter was forced to shut off its online fundraising streams in February of 2022 due to compliance and transparency issues in several liberal states. You know, the lawsuits against them are actually from the liberal states. Yeah, right. The group has blown through two-thirds of the $90 million it raised in the wake of the George Floyd death in the summer of 2020. We told you you were being conned. They were promoting a lie about police. Uh, we told you what they were about, and we were right. And corporations, sports leagues bought into the lie. You know... We've had a lot of con- uh, uh, conversation about uh, things like DEI and um, the woke companies and and uh, Target, Bud Light, and and all of them. One of the things too that I think because uh, we talk about investors and we talk about profits and, and all of that, but also the talent pool, the people needed to do the jobs at those companies when those companies decide that they're going to go woke when they decide this is going to be it i mean the um target ceo said this goes back to the i think it was the 15th or 17th 
No, woke works for us. Well, does it? Because now you're changing where these displays are. Now, you know, here we are now, uh, I think a week after that conversation that he had. Um, but there might be companies that, that, you know, benefit from that. But the question is long term, how do you attract people to work for the, the company? Now, there are plenty of woke people or people that have no problem with that. But more and more, you've got to get into when when it starts affecting their job. Okay, this is going to be this is going to be our policy, and now it's going to do this. Well, wait a minute. I mean, you know, I, I don't have a problem with you guys doing that. Well, no. When the agenda is implemented and starts moving into the corporation, this is exactly what the activists desire to happen. This is what they're working toward. Uh, whether it's unionizing Starbucks. Or uh, the activist investor uh, that's, uh, you know, uh, a shareholder has a few shares of a, a corporation and then shows up at a meeting. They had this, uh, the, uh, the, the meeting, uh, the Shell meeting at, at, um, in, in London, ExxonMobil. And the Penguin showed Yeah, the, the Penguin showed up. Lady, an adult, dressed in a full-size Penguin outfit, doing a serious interview. And all of these things, you get down to the average person, the everyday person. Okay, yeah, but where where is it that I want to, you know, land in terms of my career? What the kind of work that I want to do? And do I want to be a part of that? Some people will, but there will be also plenty of people who don't. And I think they're going to run into that. They're, we're not seeing that play out right now. But I think at some point, there will be that threshold of it's getting harder to find people who want to work for our brand. And we'll see where it goes, but I think that's something that hasn't been talked about yet Mm -hmm. that is certainly on the horizon. Still not enough. Listen to our podcast available on the app and on our website, RedEyeRadioShow.com. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carly and I'm Gary McNamara. All right, I saw this article in Forbes and I started reading it and I just burst out laughing. But it, it talks about something that you know we've been talking about this week again and we constantly talk about this. And uh, it's where we're going energy-wise in this country. I mean, the insanity of, uh, and it's the Democratic Party pushing that we can be all solar and wind. Mm -hmm. And for every reason that it will be cheaper, which is what? A lie. A lie. Mm -hmm. Uh, That it will um, promote racial justice. Mm -hmm. That is a lie. Uh, That it will stop global warming. It will make things more equitable. It will make more things equitable, which it will not. And so I, I saw this article, and it was just, I just, it, it caught my eye, the headline. Five things I truly 
don't understand about the inevitable energy transition. Jude Clementi, a contributor for Forbes, wrote it. He covers oil, gas, power, LNG markets, linking to human development. You know, mm-hmm. how does this link to the you know the progress of human development? And he said, "I, I could, I could have fifty, but I chose to stick to five. And he and he covers most of them. Mm-hmm. And he and he writes here, in a world that is apparently getting both warmer and colder because of global warming, how is it that we can increasingly rely on?" non-dispatchable, intermittent, uh, usually unavailable, weather-dependent electricity from wind and solar plants to displace, not just supplement, baseload, almost always available, coal, gas, and nuclear power. In other words, if our weather is becoming less predictable, how is it that a consuming economy like ours can or should even try predictably to rely on weather-dependent resources. ERCOT exemplifies this, that's a Texas grid operator, mm-hmm. has 31,000 megawatts of wind capacity, but goes into winter expecting only 6,000 megawatts. That's just 20% of what wind farms can produce during the summer to generate electricity. Again, in the marketplace... The alternatives you keep hearing about are proving to be far more supplemental than alternative. Mm-hmm. Further, good wind and solar spots are finite based on geography. Mm-hmm. So new builds naturally will be forced into areas that are less windy and less sunny. Uh, someone mentioned that on an all-night radio show the other night. Which one was that? (laughs) Red Eye Radio, and you're welcome. Lowering their already very low 35% capacity factors. And because they devour immense amounts of land, interrupting a whole host of things, that renewable rejection database is mounting very quickly, which means the environmentalists are out to stop it. Mm Mm-hmm. If wind, solar, and electric cars, too, are as effective and low cost as many keep on promising us, there would obviously be no need for the government subsidies for broad adoption. Yet there is gigantically so huge amounts of taxpayer money going into this. And with all the money going into this, he links to an article that was which uh, was written on Substack. Ford is losing sixty six thousand dollars on every EV it sells, and they did it very simply. Hmm. It was in March. Ford Motor Company announced that it lost two point one billion on its EV business last year. Those losses were double the losses it had on EVs in twenty twenty one. Ford made 61,575 EVs in 2022. They did the math. In 2022, the company lost 34,000 on every EV it sold. Indeed, Ford's 2022 losses were only a warm-up. About a week ago, let me see, what was this written here? Uh, No, I'm sorry, about uh, three weeks ago. Uh, Ford reported $722 million loss 
on its EV business over the first three months of 2023. During that span, Ford sold 10,866 EVs, meaning it lost $66,446 on every EV it sold. They're not making money. They're losing money. How is this going to work? How does this work? It says, and then number two, climate change is a global issue. Uh, so how is it we can claim climate benefits for uh, the, the climate, uh, excuse me, climate change is a global issue. So how is it that we can claim climate benefits for unilateral climate policy? For example, U.S. gasoline cars can constitute just 3% of CO2 emissions. So how will getting rid of them impact climate change? As we know, you know, going through the entire thing that he brings up, it won't. So why are we doing it? And he goes back to electric vehicles. And this is about, we hear this all the time. We need to do climate change. Why? For racial justice. Yeah. Right? Uh-huh. All right. Bloomberg admits more than 85% of Americans cannot afford an electric vehicle. Since they are well more than double the price of oil-based cars. Mm. How can a product bring racial justice for black Americans when the vast majority of them can't afford one? Forcing electric equipment over natural gas. Sorry, but gas is four to six times cheaper than electricity. Battery costs might be much higher than expected. Rising global demand, rising costs and unavailability of the raw materials... Mining complications and environmental damage. China flexing its muscles since it controls the supply chains and uses hoarding as political leverage. Reality check. Unlike what we keep hearing about green energy, no technology continues to decline in cost. Forever. Hmm. EV battery costs could spike 22% by 2026 as raw material shortages drag on. How is that racial justice? It's not, and it was always, we talk about um, the Inflation Reduction Act and how the White House was selling. Listen, things are going to be great. Look at all the benefits. If you go out and buy solar panels, the average American can't afford solar panels. If you purchase an EV... All of this is out of reach. And this one I'm really confused on. President Biden promotes his climate agenda as a way to create jobs. Besides lacking in economic literacy, jobs are costs, not benefits. The truth is that electric cars, for instance, entail far less jobs because they, for one thing, have far less moving parts. And there's all kinds of evidence that electric car life cycle emissions could be way worse and advertised, mostly because of the massive amounts of mining required to make them we all know about child labor and your electric car but even pro ev outlets are being forced to report on the mounting problems from mining the latest on how bauxite for the aluminum needed uh, is destroying the amazon and we don't mean the company because people would mm. be for that then mm-hmm. <laughs> and about our presidents will need oil for another decade claim the u.s department of energy just modeled that our oil demand will actually slightly increase, not decrease, by 2050. Reality check, planes, industry, 
heavy trucking, sure energy inertia will have oil dominating way longer than you're being told. You're being lied to there. Yeah, no, you are. And and this, you know, these mandates, uh, it, it's interesting because uh, they were trying to move on some legislation with some of the EPA mandates on big rigs again. And we talked about it, if this this idea of forcing the EV market, uh, but especially in, on the commercial side, there's no way it's going to work. You can't force it. On the consumer side, the 2035 mandate in California, uh, you know, for new vehicles sold, they're not going to be able to, to meet that for a number of reasons, a long list of reasons. They won't be able to meet that. And then how on the earth could anybody expect those in Africa and other horrifically poor nations to get off fossil yeah, fuels right. when the rich countries haven't come close to doing it? Yep. They can't. Well, no. Think about this. Remember, President Obama, at the end of his, his visit to Africa, he turns around and tells all the nations of Africa, listen, don't get any big ideas about having air conditioning and whatnot. The oceans will boil over. Then he walks away to get on his massive, massive plane that is designed for one person. But the fact of the matter is, is other nations will never adapt. They're never going to be able to, not in our lifetime, they won't adapt. This is outreach for most Americans. Before we get to the uh, um, lack of availability of the materials required to mine, the cost of these vehicles will be prohibitive to most Americans for a long time. There's no racial justice and climate no. change insanity. Germany and California, the world's two greenest governments, are still overwhelmingly fossil fuel-based and overwhelmingly dependent on imports. Dangerously so in Germany's case. This comes despite decades of huge subsidies, scores of mandates, deploying the best engineering expertise, and having low population growth and thus low incremental energy needs all giving them a huge advantage in going green. The energy stat to remember most, no U.S. state will ever try to go green like California has over the past 20 years, yet oil and gas still supply 70% of the state's energy, even above the national average of 65%. Germany and California have shown what these climate policies bring. Germany has the highest electricity prices in the world, and California the highest in the continental United States. Remember, that wasn't a consequence. That was a promise yeah. from President Obama. Yep. And they're soaring out of control. How the heck can we push for deep electrification to fight climate change if we're going to follow policies that surge the price of electricity while also lowering grid reliability? Well, but and then talks about the difference in these countries and just, you know, money and, and the GDP and the fact that they can't do it. I mean, it's just it's the most ridiculous thing. And then they go into the whole air quality thing and says the air quality by doing all this isn't going to change. Well, much at all. Yeah. And then makes the point that the best thing for quality of life is what? Individual wealth. If people yeah. have money in their pockets, they live a better quality sure. of life. Yeah. Overall. And, and, you know, you think about it. 
who talked about Newsom inside the blue bubble of California, man, he's safe. But now let's talk about Joe Biden. Joe Biden can't have a conversation with anybody. He can't have a conversation with the friendly liberal media. On, and especially on things like this. He has no idea what he's doing. He's just ramming down the, the agenda items. Someone like Newsom gets in the White House outside of the blue bubble. They're going to have to have the conversation eventually about these mandates, about how you're not going to meet the mandates and how it is horribly expensive for individuals. And it is not. If you're talking about uh, any kind of social justice or inequities, it is not the fix. It's quite the opposite. They're going to have to answer those questions. Joe Biden can't answer any questions because mentally he's just not fit. 866-90-RED-EYE. Get in touch with Red Eye Radio, toll free at 866-90-RED-EYE. Front Eye Radio, do we have to go home? Uh, I, 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 just, I don't know. I just want to continue with the, yeah, the could we continue the so show? Much, there's so much to talk just about. Just tomorrow. I mean, I'm in a, I'm in a, uh, I'm in the, the ranting mode right now. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I've been just the, ins- just the insanity and it's just, <laughs> some days, here's, a, here's the thing, some days you can laugh about it, some days you scream about it, some days you throw up your hands saying, well, you do what Eric does. Is everybody high? Yeah. I mean, you just use everybody smoking weed. Right. Like every, every single day, there's like a different reaction. And what, right. today it was like, I don't want to go. I want to continue ranting. Can we well, just go to tomorrow's show now? Can we do a time warp? Well, it it, uh, it will get here soon enough for sure. And uh, between now and then, uh, yeah. Ron DeSantis sitting down yeah. with Elon Musk. And... We'll have plenty of audio. The Twitter decision to do it on Twitter yeah. is in- yeah. really interesting. What, yeah. what is the motivation behind it? Why is the campaign doing yeah. it that we'll way? See. We'll see how it, yeah. it pans out. And uh, we'll have plenty of audio and a breakdown of that conversation and what it means for the GOP race. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Guest star Sarah Carter as Alicia Baker. Although I didn't really work with her a lot. But Tom did, and they had some real big smoochy scenes. Yeah. Can we talk about that? Could there be any more sex? What was a three-page makeout scene that just kept going? Good Lord. We get it. They have chemistry. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen. 
The Bigger Pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment. We're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets on the market. Rookie real estate or money podcast. The purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen.